0: Thanks very much indeed Chris uh, and it's, it's really good to be back here. Um, I've, spoken, I've spoken here probably three or four times now in my previous role as the Shadow Secretary of State for Health for the Lib Dems prior to the last election and I guess rather a lot of water has flowed under the bridge since then one way or another but I've got a great respect for the work of the King's Fund and indeed Chris Hamm in particular. In opposition I spent a lot of time reading what Chris had written and debating with him issues about the future of health and care and this sort of central issue of integrated care. And I was very, very struck by the persuasive arguments that he put. And it helped to shape my views about uh, the sort of policies that I wanted to advocate in my role at that stage. And I ended up writing a pamphlet on the future of the NHS as I saw it uh, and care services. And and Chris came along and spoke at the launch of it, and and, and, uh, and a lot of my thinking there had been based on uh, his really innovative uh, thinking. I also just wanted to sort of quickly pay tribute to Paul Burstow. Paul, my predecessor, has worked assiduously and effectively to promote a case for social care in particular, to promote the case for integrating services much more effectively and for arguing the case for reforms, which we now see in the, sh- in the form of a white paper. And uh, I personally am enormously grateful for the work that he's done. The other thing I wanted to just say at the start was, please bear with me, I've been in the job uh, literally a week. Uh, this is the uh, first week anniversary, of the, if that makes sense, of my appointment. And so it's been a staggeringly rapid learning curve and I'm still getting to grips with all of my areas of responsibility so uh, I uh, but I was determined nonetheless to come here to f- sort of fulfill the commitment that the department had made and to engage with you all now I remember at the time of the whole debate over the health bill last year one of the <coughs> one of the many charges that were made against the reforms was that it would lead to a fragmentation of care, and I thought, well, hang on a minute, uh, fragmentation is almost built into the system that has developed over the years. We have health care uh, divided away from social care, we have primary and secondary care often not nearly well enough linked together, and we have mental health and physical health care institutionally separated and uh, not often not working well enough together. And actually the irony of it is is that I think these reforms actually provide the basis not enough on their own, but they provide a basis for a fundamental shift towards a much more integrated care (coughs) model. And that's why although I raised specific concerns about one element of the reforms, that was the sort of pace of the change of commissioning and I wanted to ensure that uh, the change only happened in individual cases where they were ready and willing to do it and that change was secured. But I think fundamentally these reforms actually do provide the basis for a much more integrated approach. Disjointed care can and does impact on people's lives in a big way. Whether it's the girl with cerebral palsy who has to start using completely different services when she turns 16, the man with bipolar who sees a different community physician phy- psychiatrist at each appointment, <coughs> uh, or the elderly lady who dies in a strange hospital because there's disagreement over who should provide the services to allow her to die at her own home. At the moment, those sorts of situations are all too common, and we all know that. To put a stop to them, all parts of the system have to work together. That's when things really get better. Not just with health and social care, but with other factors that affect health, like housing, work, education. One of the main reasons why I was so thrilled to get this job is that I can push this really hard. The consensus behind integrated care is, I think, pretty universal, though. In government, in think tanks, in patient groups, everyone sees it as a good thing. Sometimes people's understanding of it differs, but in fundamental sense, it's seen as a positive approach. But that is not enough. We need to transfer it from the academic papers uh, and from, in a sense, almost isolated examples of best practice into the health and well-being boards, into hospitals and into community centres and surgeries. It takes a lot of political oomph to do that. I want to provide that oomph from the centre. For my first day in my new office, I was asking to talk to the health departments, experts on integration, reading the latest research, and the first thing on my agenda is to arrange a round table with the King's Fund and a range of other groups to work out a way of translating the consensus into real results. I want to build a shared vision and I think it can potentially inspire people working in health and care services if they can see something clear that we're trying to achieve. I've been immensely inspired personally by meeting and talking to the guy who designed Torbay. Uh, Remind me of his name? Peter Cogler. Yeah, Peter. And to hear him talk about what they were able to achieve was extraordinary. And it led me to feel that, as David Nicholson said, this is the future of, uh, of, of health and care after he visited that place. And this idea of identifying Mrs Smith, the patient, not the institution, the patient, and ensuring that the services that a whole range of different organisations provide meet her needs, not the organization's needs. And that's a really fundamental thing that we all have to, I think, understand. I've been inspired by reading about what they have done at the Veterans Health Administration in America, transforming a service that wasn't serving the veterans well, was delivering poor care into something that is now world leading. I was inspired by visiting Kaiser Permanente and hearing about the way in which they use technology to uh, provide an incredibly effective integrated service, keeping people healthier and out of hospital at a reduced cost. And I'm inspired by reading about places like Bolton, where uh, the diabetes service there has delivered really impressive results. One thing that we can be sure of is that there is funding to really get things going. As announced in the Care and Support white paper, Caring for Our Future, over over the two years from 2013-14, an extra £300 million will go from the NHS to local authorities to get health and social care services working better together. That's on top of the £2.7 billion transferred to local authorities that was announced in the 2010 spending review. And there will be an extra £200 million over the next five years spent on better housing options for older and disabled people. On top of that, there is more money for priority services, like January's one-off £150 million to reduce delayed transfers of care. That sort of money... Can open doors, but because of the financial situation that we all know about and understand, that money and people's existing budgets need to produce results. Everyone needs to do their bit to get the most from the money that is available. There is no alternative but to make the money that we have go further, to achieve more with what we have available, delivering better services and better outcomes in ways relevant to individual areas. That's why I was so pleased to see that the care and support white paper clearly sets out what we're going to do to further integrate services. One of the big issues is that integrated care itself is a problematic phrase. Understandably, when you're talking about such a broad concept, there's a lot of disagreement over what? it means. So one of our early tasks will be to try to at least agree a working definition, one that allows everyone to be clear about what we're working towards. Then we want to build on some of the projects already underway that touch on issues of integration, like the four community budget pilots that are cutting red tape and reducing duplication in specific areas. We will take the lessons from these pilots and share them across the country so that everyone can benefit. To gauge our progress, we will also take heed of the future forums calls to measure people's experience on how their care is being integrated. We want to explore how best to do that via the outcomes frameworks so integration is given just as much importance as any other big NHS issue. We will use different payment systems, this is something that I regard as absolutely central to this, to put money in people's hands who can improve integration. The year of care tariffs, for example, which take a a long-term view of people with long-term conditions. And we want to see similarly innovative payment systems across health, care and housing sectors. And of course throughout all of this, in the spirit of integration, I want to make it quite clear that expert organisations like the King's Fund, the Nuffield Trust and others are central to everything we're doing. I want to work collaboratively with these organisations to make the most of the expertise that is available and to open our processes up to them. We have already accepted the Future Forum's recommendation following the joint King's Fund and Nuffield Trust report that far more work is needed to integrate all public services. The White Paper said we would work with the NHS Commissioning Board, with MONITOR and the Local Government Association to support evidence-based integration across the country. And we've set up a new joint unit in the department across health and social care to look specifically at how the recommendations of your report can be taken forward. Your input won't stop there. I want to hear about your suggestions, your criticisms and your research so every change made specifically to increase integration of care is itself the product of cooperation and shared endeavour. That is also true for publicly funded groups like the NHS Commissioning Board and MONITOR we will work closely with them to make sure that we're reading off the same hymn sheet. There isn't enough time to go into it all today, but I'd also like to quickly mention some other measures in the Care and Support White Paper that will help integrate services. First of all, personal health and care budgets, so that people can take control of their own care. This can be transformational. And more attention than ever paid to important hands-off moments where someone's care goes through a big transition, like when a terminal illness means that someone starts using end-of-life services. Those are all steps in the right direction, but as I, as I said earlier, for integration to work, it can't just be seen as a health issue or a social care issue. Everyone has to buy into it and to do their bit to make people healthier. I me mean, now. Talk a little bit about health and wellbeing boards. Health and wellbeing boards will bring previously disparate people together to do just that. The NHS, local government, and communities themselves to understand what local needs are and work out how to meet them. Through events like this and through the National Learning Network for Health and Wellbeing Boards, you are coming together with your colleagues around the country to share what you've learned, But like all ambitious changes, it won't be easy. A lot of ways of working will have to change. People will have to move out sometimes of comfort zones and look at what is better for local people, not what is better for their own organisation. And we know that that sometimes happens. Because this is about real change, not just meetings and working groups, if Health and Wellbeing Board's are no more than committees, then we will have failed. The real work of health and wellbeing boards will be outside the boardrooms with communities, with providers, local organisations, voluntary and community groups and GP practices, making changes on the ground. Leaders in all these groups will need to get better at working together. The NHS Leadership Academy, ADAS, LGA, the National Skills Academy will all help by developing skills and supporting individual leaders. And the new Social Care Leadership Qualities Framework and Leadership Forum will help as well. But in the end, it will come down to individual leaders themselves and how willing they are to embrace a different way of working. I've only been a minister for a week, as I said, but I've already got a clear picture of how grateful everyone in the department is to groups like the King's Fund for the support that they have given to projects like the National Learning Network for Health and Wellbeing Boards i hope we can continue to work together to build on that so please tell me about your experiences of how care can be brought together what works and what doesn't the round table that i plan will be one place where we can discuss how to progress but be sure this won't be a here-today-gone-tomorrow issue. I give you my absolute word that I am totally committed to this. I believe there is an enormous opportunity we have now, working together to transform the way care is provided for the benefit, critically, of patients. Thank you very much.